Our next guest elected in Parkdale High Park and now a five-time city councillor. He joins us now on Toronto Today. He is Gord Perks. Gord, thank you very much for getting up early, making the time. Congratulations on your win. Thank you, Greg. Thank you so much. A lot closer race than you anticipated. You had two real uh, strong adversaries who obviously connected with some people in your riding. But that's the great thing about politics is uh, is the you know it's for the people to decide, and you emerged ahead of both of them. Yeah, I, well, I'll tell you, it's always always a, a race in Parkdale High Park. Uh, it's one of the most politically engaged communities in the city, and and people came out in huge numbers to vote. It was a, that was great. What were some of your things that you know uh, people were talking about on the doorstep that maybe they weren't four years ago? Our lives, and I just think how the lens we view everything through is so different than four years ago in October of 2018. You know what? Four years ago, I was, I was running around telling everybody, hey, we have to care about affordable housing. This time, they were telling me, mm-hmm. uh, housing, 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 it's, it's huge, and uh Council is going to really have to wrap their mind around it and, uh, you know, promote government getting in there and helping to build supportive, uh, affordable housing right across the ward and the city. Is there an instantaneous way that one level of government can do it? Or do you need you need, you know, people rowing the boat at the provincial and federal level? Also, that seems patently obvious that it's going to take three levels of government and some buy in from from, you know, companies that build houses to actually get this done. Well, uh, you know, you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, we do need you know, we've got some good help out of the federal government, but we need more. And the pr- provincial government has to get their head out of the sand and, and start actually putting money in. It's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to, you know, change all the rules. But but we actually need to put public money into housing and the provincial government hasn't been great so far. So where does that go? How do we how do we accomplish this? I know Mayor Tory has talked about going uh, hat in hand at times to the provincial government. Um, the importance of Toronto is something that whether people like to hear it or not, it has an economic impact on everything else in Southern Ontario and probably the rest of Canada. When Toronto sneezes, everybody else seems to catch cold. How important, <laughs> how important is it for the province and the federal government to look at this and say, we need to be supporting one of our major cities here in, in terms of getting getting things back to normal? Absolutely. And, and, you know, we, the city of Toronto, it it hasn't got talked about very much because we didn't really have a competitive mayoralty race, but the city of Toronto, I mean, our pockets are empty and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we absorb all kinds of costs uh, in terms of mental health and and housing that really are provincial costs. and, And we can't do that off the property tax. We need the provincial government to pay attention. If Toronto fails, the province fails. And I'll tell you what, uh, if you remember uh, what happened to the Conservative Party in Toronto after Mike Harris, it was 20 years before they won another, another seat. Doug Ford's got to, you know, pull his socks up and, and uh, get get in there and help us succeed. I think, yeah, and a longevity thing too. I mean, we can we only need look at the the Ontario Liberals to say it takes more than it takes more than one election cycle really to recover from. A devastating impact. You know, the Moroni Conservatives, in essence, imploded because of that. After what the result in 1993, so it does happen. It does happen, and and you know, you, you can't win Ontario without seats in Toronto. You can't win Canada without seats in Toronto. So they they are going to have to come in here and help us help us rebuild our transit system, help us you know get our services back on the feet, and help us uh, with housing.
Gord Perks is kind enough to join us, counselor for Parkdale High Park Ward 4, a successful uh, incumbent re-election, now five times uh, in the city of Toronto. Are, are you telling, are you having to tell voters, and were you having to tell voters the last three weeks, that times will be different, that times will be quote-unquote tough based on some of the city's services? You'd like to be there. Everybody would want perfect snow removal, every pothole filled right away, every orange cone out of their subdivision, but it's not its not that easy, and you made the case. The money just isn't there to get projects done um, in an expedited manner. Well, it, it's, it's a tough thing to explain to people, but you can't build a great city for, for cheap, and uh, we have, you know, 12 years of mayors uh, cutting or freezing taxes, and I'm sorry, folks, we're, we're going to have to increase taxes if you want better services. It was a hard message to share, but uh, evidently enough people agreed with me. How do you put that's a great chance for me to get in and ask how how can you ask the mayor to do that? Who's been adamant and he's put not just one foot down, but both feet saying, I won't raise property taxes. How do you convince the rest of council? We need to put some pressure on the mayor here. Well, the mayor can't make water flow uphill. Uh, The fact (laughs) of the matter is that that people want, you know, they they want their snow removed after a a snowstorm. They want to make sure that the ambulance is getting there quickly. They want to make sure that, you know, the the potholes are being filled. All of these city services uh, depend on us having enough public money to pay for them. And the mayor can't get that Mm. done for free. He's going to have a really hard choice to make because, Nobody wants to tell people, you know, oh, I'm sorry, there's no TTC bus for you today. So he's got a tough choice and we're going to have to make the case. Seven incumbents, Gore, decided not to run again. I wonder, before we talk about some of the changing faces on council, what are some of the attributes that many of those seven possessed that you will miss, that you hope get adapted? And and nobody steps in right away and is a veteran at this. There is a learning curve. What are some of the attributes those seven people, some of your friends and and maybe some of your rivals at times, those are healthy things. What are some of the attributes that, that you'll miss about those seven? Uh, it, it was a mix of different kinds of people. Uh, as you, you're right, some of my dear friends, Kristen Wong Tam, Mike Layton, Joe Cressy, just incredible people. Uh, they've, they've all moved on to other things in life, and I'll miss them both you know, as friends, but also as good progressive voices on council. And the thing about the city of Toronto government, like if you think about it, if you can see it or hear it or touch it or even smell it, it's a municipal service. It's a lot to, to figure out. It's a lot to manage. And uh, there are going to be some new counselors coming in with great new ideas, but it's a lot to learn. There's three I'd emphasize that I think I think people are pleased at the minimum this morning, Gord, that um, city council may look a lot more like the city it actually represents. I never feel like anybody can or, sh- or should be able to apologize for who they are, what they look like, where they come from. That's not no, nobody makes those choices. But city council does look like with adding Osma Malik or Alejandro Bravo or Amber Morley, it's going to look more like a lot like its voters. Is that a fair state statement? Absolutely. And, and I would add uh, Chris Moyes and Jamal Myers. Right. That. So so it's it's going to be, I think, probably the most diverse council ever. Uh, and, and the five we just named also, uh, all of them good progressives uh, who were, are, are going to challenge the, the small, low tax, bad service uh, thinking of John Tory. They're all they're all people who are committed to, you know, building a great city and investing in it. So it's going to be an interesting term.
What's the biggest thing to get done quickly? We often are famous for kicking things down the road. We'll have a study about a study. The drinking in the parks is the one that people kind of chuckle at the most. It's not the biggest issue on people's minds, but it often gets, you know, pushed down. Well, we'll study the study about it and get back to you in a year from now. What are the automatics that really need to get done in the first 90 days here for this this council? I mean, we have a basic decision to make, right? A basic decision, low taxes and low services or, or higher taxes mm-hmm. and, and real services. Like, you know, I talk to someone who takes the TTC every day. It is not what it was two or three years ago. And that we're just going to have to invest. We have 12,000 people who are homeless in the city of Toronto. We have to do something right now. Michael Thompson, I need to ask about him because I don't think anybody wanted to prejudice. Nobody wants to prejudice a criminal trial. Nobody wanted to prejudice the vote for him out in Scarborough. But is this uh, a workable scenario? Is this a distraction for city council? I won't hesitate to tell you that, though very different, Rob Ford became quite a distraction to voters in Toronto and, and beyond. Can we make all this work with Michael Thompson facing such serious charges? They are serious charges. Uh, I have to tell you, I don't know very much about the substance of them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, but but uh, it, it, we are in a time when uh, that kind of thing is taken very seriously by the, the entire community and, and uh, it's going to have to get cleared up quickly. Just for clarification, with him resigning from being a deputy mayor, does someone else get named deputy mayor? Do people put their names in? Would John Tory tab somebody to take uh, take up that role? It's entirely up to the mayor. Uh, mayor Tory invented these uh, sort of secondary deputy mayors, one from each of the, the different regions of the city. It was entirely his idea. It'll be his idea whether somebody else gets appointed to that or or if we just go back to having one deputy mayor like we used to. All John Tory's decision. And I know you've talked and, and weighed in pretty notably on the strong mayor powers. Um, if city council works a certain way, um, maybe more can get done. Can there be any benefit to having a mayor be able to be more influential if he's in concert with what council's doing? Things need to get done here in this city. I mean, you'd be the first to tell our audience that. Oh, yeah. No, things need to get done. But, but please remember, John Tory never lost an important vote in the whole time he's been mayor. He doesn't need any additional powers. He never did. This isn't about uh, getting things done at council. This is about giving the province the ability to reach in and uh, declare an interest on an issue and tell the mayor, no, no, you, you have to tell council to go a different way. That's terrifying. Gord, congratulations. Thanks so much for the conversation. I'm, I'm sure, again, uh, Euphoric, all your volunteers, all the people that worked for you, I know you'd want to give a big shout out to them. And and uh, and honestly, it's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on this morning. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks, Greg. It's, it's been nice having this chat. Gord Perks uh, joining us, a five-time city councillor on Toronto City Council.